Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to Score Values on 670 The Score. I'm Sean Anderson. On this week's episode, we have an interview with the Senior Events Manager of Pause Chicago, Carrie Sahasky. And we will talk about the Bears' first-round draft pick, Justin Fields, and how he's dealt with epilepsy throughout his life. Welcome into Score Values on 670 The Score. I'm Sean Anderson. Today, we are talking with Carrie Sahasky, the Senior Events Manager of Paws Chicago. Hi, Carrie. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Good. And I'm excited to talk to another person from Paw Chicago. We got, we had you guys on the show probably about a month ago. Uh, but for people who didn't hear that segment, what is Paws Chicago? What can you tell us about your organization? Paws Chicago is the Midwest's largest no-kill animal shelter. And we helped to reduce the number of homeless pets killed in the city by over 91% since our founding in 1997. So we find homes for about 5,000 dogs and cats every year, and we operate one of the largest high-volume, free, and low-cost spay-neuter clinics in the country. Last year, we opened the nation's premier medical medical hospital for homeless pets, and we provide treatment for sick and injured dogs and cats in Chicago, and also shelter partners in 13 states where pets are the most at risk of euthanasia. So every year, we're able to place about 3,000 animals in foster homes, and we assist over 2,300 pet owners in underserved communities through our community outreach programs. And I know last time we had uh, somebody on, you guys were talking about Match Madness. You guys have a lot of fun different events to get people involved in adopting uh, from your great shelter and from your great organization. Uh, and a new one that I heard about that was uh, told to me was uh, Teams Pause. I understand you're looking for runners for the Chicago Marathon. What's Team Pause and how can people uh, sign up to be runners with Pause? Yes, Team Pause Chicago is our charity racing and fundraising team who dedicate their miles to save homeless pets. We're in our 16th season, and we're the largest local and animal welfare charity team in the Chicago Marathon. So what we do with our runners, we provide all sorts of wonderful things with our supportive community. We help with training. We have our Team Pause swag. We have all sorts of activities during race weekend, including a pre- and post-race party, a pasta dinner. And we're also there to help our runners throughout the year with we we match everyone with a guided mentor. We have fundraising tools and really help them with their with their running efforts. So this year's marathon is on Sunday, October 10th. 
and we still have entries available. And even if people have never run a marathon, it's, there's still plenty of time to sign up, plenty of time to train. I myself wasn't a runner until I started with Pause Chicago, and now I'm, I'm in love with the sport. So we welcome, whether you're a first-time runner and you're looking to get this off your bucket list or you're a long-time runner and just want to join us for the Chicago Marathon. Yeah, and the marathon's a great event. We usually have the broadcast of, uh, for the radio broadcast of the event. So uh, great to have that synergy between the two stations in Paul Chicago. And it, it is a great event. I was out there the last time they held it. And, uh, you know, with the city now reopening, I know you guys have some indoor and outdoor events. Obviously, the marathon's coming back this year, but you guys yourself have your own uh, 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 events going on. What can you tell us about Shake Your Tail Fitness Series, uh, the indoor and outdoor event series that you have going on? Yeah, as we're starting to get back to normal and we're starting to stretch our legs out from sitting on the couch and being at home all winter, um, we figured this was a perfect time to help people get back into physical activity, back into shape, whatever their fitness goals are. So we're starting the Shake Your Tail Fitness Series for the month of May, where we've partnered with some of Chicago's top studios to offer yoga and strength training classes throughout the month of May. So we have a wide selection of indoor and outdoor class options, everything from yoga to strength training um, to UFC gym, core power yoga, FFC Lincoln Park, Studio 3, all sorts of great partners involved. Each class is $30, and 100% of the proceeds will be donated back to PAUSE. And every participant will also get a fun swag bag with uh, some offers from our partners and also be offered into our, entered into a raffle for a lot of great prizes that we have. So we're going to be following all of the CDC and City of Chicago COVID-19 safety guidelines. Masks will be required, and um, we're going to make sure everyone is safe, socially distant, but also all coming together to raise money for Paws Chicago while uh, getting their jump start for for summer swimsuit seasons right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, and you guys are going to continue that all the way out into September. I know you guys, if people may, might think, you know, the the length of a marathon's too uh, daunting, I know you guys got a 5K that might be a little bit more uh, intermediate for some people. Exactly. We we are so excited that um, that we have the go-ahead to, to move forward with planning our annual Paws Chicago 5K. This will be our 21st year, and it's going to be on Saturday, September 18th at Montrose Harbor. This is Chicago's largest dog-friendly charity event. We have early bird registration now open through July 31st. So it's $30 for adults, $20 for children, and dogs are free. You can visit pawschicago.org backslash 5K to register and learn more. And right around the corner as well, uh, before that, we have Mother's Day coming up. And this is another great way um, for those who want to support Pause as well. You can make a donation in your mom's name and we'll send her a beautiful Mother's Day tribute card. Or you can sponsor one of our mama cat or dogs with her newborn litter. Your gifts will provide much needed supplies, medical care for the moms and babies that arrive at Pause this spring. And we'll actually send you a picture of that litter that your gift helped save. And you can learn more at pausechicago.org backslash Mother's Day. So a lot of great activities in her horizon whether you're a long runner, a short runner, want to get fitness activity, or just support from the comfort of your own home. We have something for everyone. 
you do, and it's a, such a great organization. And and the thing that I love the most is uh, how we can help you guys. Um, how can our listeners and our audience help support Paw Chicago outside of the events that you're holding, outside of signing up to be a, a runner with Team Paws in the Chicago Marathon? Um, what are the four ways that people can help? Because uh, the last time uh, we interviewed you guys, uh, we had a very enthusiastic uh, reading of these uh, four four letters, and I haven't forgot about or uh, four ways, and I haven't forgot about them. So. <laughs> So, number one, we're always looking for volunteers. We're a volunteer-driven organization, and so you can definitely make an impact by volunteering your time. We have both in-person and virtual volunteer opportunities available. Um, Another big way is donating. We are 100% reliant on the support of the community. Charity Navigator, which is the nation's largest independent evaluator, has rated us its highest four-star ranking for 18 consecutive years. So this is something that less than 1% of charities in the nation have reached. So you know your dollars will go towards the mission and a great cause. And then the other ways that you can help is either by adopting or fostering. When you adopt or foster, you're actually saving the lives of two pets because you're freeing up space. Every pet that is in a home then frees up the space that we can bring in another pet that's at risk. So whether you're looking to adopt and welcome a furry creature into your home, they definitely help us with providing comfort and stress and uncertainty, especially this past year. And fostering, too, if you're not ready to quite make the commitment for full adoption, this is another great way to save a life. Um, A great opportunity if you're not sure if you're ready to adopt or you only have a limited time commitment that you can do, this is a great option as well. And we provide all the support you need for a foster period, including the food, medication, and any supplies needed. So, you know, adopting and fostering, like I said, is a really great way that you're actually saving two lives at once. It's such a great program, such a great organization. Carrie Sihaski, the Senior Events Manager from Paw Chicago, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for the great work you guys do. Thank you so much for having us on and for spreading the words about Paw Chicago. We really appreciate partners like you and, and giving us the time to tell your listeners a little bit more about our programs and activities. That was Carrie Sahasky, the Senior Events Manager of Paws Chicago. Don't forget that Team Paws is looking for runners in the Chicago Marathon coming up on October 10th, 2021. You can find more information at teampaws.org. The deadline to sign up is Monday, May 31st. Also, you can check out their new yoga and strength training classes throughout the month of May by visiting pausechicago.org slash shakeyourtail. To learn more about their 5K coming up in September 18th, visit pausechicago.org slash 5K. And if you're looking for an upcoming Mother's Day gift, you can visit pausechicago.org slash Mother's Day. And as always, don't forget to adopt, foster, donate, or volunteer at Paul Chicago. On Thursday, April 29th, the Chicago Bears traded up in the 2021 NFL Draft to select quarterback Justin Fields from Ohio State University. On April 21st, eight days before the draft, NFL Network revealed that Fields had been managing his epilepsy and that teams had become aware during the pre-draft process that Fields manages a neurological disorder. Reports say that this disorder has not affected his football career and doctors are confident he'll grow out of it. Fields, who was diagnosed as a youth, has seen his symptoms get shorter and less frequent over time and he doesn't have seizures as long as he takes his medicine, according to a source. After the draft, Bears general manager Ryan Pace was asked about Fields' epilepsy disorder. 
There was a report not too long ago that Justin has uh, epilepsy. Where are you guys at with that situation and, and maybe the medication required to uh, keep that under control? Yeah, that's, you know, that's something you can talk to him about too. But, you know, I know he's, he's, he's handled a lot of those things, um, you know, throughout his life. And, you know, we have a lot of ties into the Iowa State football program and, and our doctors and trainers do a great job. And, I, and a shout out to those guys, Andre Tucker and Dr. Bowen and Dr. Katz and all the work that goes into that preparation. Brad, you know how important it is. It's the, it's the skill evaluation, it's the character, and it's the medical. And I thought the medical was more difficult this year, but I thought our guys did an unbelievable job. And uh, we were very comfortable with that and how he handles that. You know, we've dealt with something similar in the past with, with different players over the years, and we're, and we're completely fine with it. It would not be unprecedented for an NFL player to play through a epilepsy condition. Pro Football Hall of Fame guard Alan Fanica took medication to control his seizures, and former Baltimore Ravens Samari Roll had three major seizures, keeping him out six games before doctors corrected his medication and he returned to the team in 2007. Something that stood out to me in that cut from Ryan Pace was the words, how he manages it. Justin Fields' college coach, Ryan Day at Ohio State, talked about how Justin manages his epilepsy disorder. I know you can't, shouldn't be asked to discuss any medical issues or anything like that uh, with Justin, but but I, I'm curious, was there ever a time when you were forced to adjust any schedules, procedures, practices, anything uh, that you might normally have wanted to do to allow for, uh, you know, Justin's condition? No, no. I mean, the only time we ever had to adjust anything was uh, really leading up to uh, the national championship game when you know, he could barely get out of bed because of the shot he took in the Clemson game, but he still found a way to play in that game and actually play okay without really practicing. Um, but other than that, I mean, he was one of the first guys in the facility every day, hardworking and uh, really never missed, missed anything. So, but being aware, I assume, of this epilepsy question or concern, nothing relative to that that caused you to do anything special? I mean, we were aware of it, but Justin was very, very um, professional and mature about it. You know, he, he took he took his medicine and, and we never had an issue. As Ryan Day said there, the head coach of Ohio State, he took his medicine and we never had an issue. This is Score Values on 670 The Score. I'm Sean Anderson. And that line about medication stood out to me because in 2015, I was diagnosed with juvenile myclonic epilepsy. In January 2015, I had my first grand mal seizure. And in March, I had my hopefully last grand mal seizure in 2015. After that seizure, the doctors diagnosed me with juvenile myclonic epilepsy, prescribed me medication, and in taking it every single day, I have been able to manage and control my epilepsy disorder. From the way that Justin and reports have spoken about his epilepsy, it seems similar to the disorder that I have, one that you can grow out of, one that you can take medication and control, and one that doesn't guarantee that you will have seizures for your entire life. However, even the fact that he has gone through this battle and has gone through this disorder throughout his life up to this point, even if he grows out of it, that journey's never going to leave him. And his ability to speak about it will never leave him. And it's very exciting for a person that has epilepsy seeing not only an NFL quarterback and an NFL player live and succeed with epilepsy, but he's also now the Bears quarterback. I usually don't need more incentives to root for the Bears, but Justin dealing with this disorder makes it very, very hard for me not to root for him as hard as I've ever rooted for any other Bears quarterback. 
It's not like I needed another incentive to root for the Bears and their quarterback. But now that Justin is somebody like me, an epileptic, who can go out each and every Sunday and prove what we can do, it's exciting. I'm really excited for him. And something that I thought he's done great over the past week is handled how his epilepsy diagnosis was released. He did not release it personally. It was released through the media. And I think that today he did a great job handling the questions about his disorder and what it means for him to play with this disorder. Hey, Justin, um, obviously it was made public earlier this week that you were managing epilepsy. And I was wondering if you could just tell us, um, you know, what it's taken to manage it in your life and um, if, if there was ever a worry if it would affect your football career. Yeah, so um, actually I got diagnosed with it in uh, ninth grade. So, uh, yeah, basically it was just a I had a seizure in school and it was it was crazy because I just just woke up in an ambulance. So it was definitely a, a crazy story for me. But, you know, regarding football and, you know, hasn't had an, an effect on football. It, it it has had zero effect on football. I haven't missed, you know, any practices, any any games because of it. And I mean, it's 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 pretty simple for me to manage it. I, I just have to take, you know, uh, three to four pills a night um, every night. So um, it's, it's it's nothing crazy. It's kind of, you know, a, a thing that's been there. Um, you know, for the past, you know, seven, seven or eight so years. So um, I'm, I'm used to it. And, you know, um, I'm just going to continue to deal with it and, you know, continue to you know play the game I love. Justin, I wanted to, to follow up on, on the question about epilepsy earlier. That that came out through a, a leak report um, last week. And I wanted to know, how did, how did you feel about that when it, when it came out? Um, obviously, mm-hmm. you hadn't kind of talked about that publicly at Ohio State. Yeah. How did yeah. you feel and, and, and just kind of how, how did you kind of handle that? Um, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's a part of me. I'm not gonna, you know, try to hide it. Um, it's 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 who I am. So uh, there's there's no really really reason trying to hide it. Um, you know, I'm just gonna just just like I said before, I'm gonna you know can continue to manage this and continue to you know uh, play football uh, like like I like how I've always played football. So it's 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 really nothing different for me. And of course, you know, it, it came from a leak source, but. I'm not 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 worried about that one, one bit. So I'm just 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 happy to be here. If you are someone or know of somebody who is currently dealing with epilepsy, I want to next bring an interview I did with the CEO and president of the Epilepsy Foundation of the Greater Chicagoland area, Brian Anderson. The Epilepsy Foundation of Greater Chicago has so many great opportunities and resources for those who suffer with epilepsy, and I do think it will provide great insight if you are looking for resources. What is the community? How would you describe the community of the Epilepsy Foundation? Passionate. Um, I think one of the coolest things about this community is for, for many people, you know, um, seizures, they're, they're not controlled at this point in time, but uh, we have... Gosh, we have all our board, you know, our board president, many of our supporters who've been seizure free for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, or their family member has, or their, their son or daughter or granddaughter, and they still support the foundation, even when epilepsy and seizures is not necessarily affecting them every single day. But they want everybody that they know that's impacted by epilepsy to have the same seizure freedom that they currently have, they don't leave. I mean, like I said, our board president, 17 years seizure-free, and he's our board president. It's kind of cool. That is awesome. And, and let's talk a little bit more about the foundation. What is the foundation and you guys being the greater Chicago chapter of a much larger foundation, who do you serve in the Chicagoland area? Yeah, so um, 
we serve 44 counties in the state of Illinois. So uh, it's not like I can't really describe it as an easy map. Um, you know, so you're looking at Cook counties and the, and the Collar counties of, of Cook, but then we go all the way, you know, towards Springfield, Illinois, Kankakee. We just keep going south. And, like, we don't go as far west as Peoria, but kind of, like, in that trajectory to, to serve 44 counties. So even though we're greater Chicago, we do serve more than just that space. It's a, it's a, it's a much bigger space as a whole. And, um, and so, you know, we're north and west and south and, uh, and Chicago as well. So we just we serve as many counties as we can in the state of Illinois. And then there's other affiliates in the state of Illinois that serve some of the other counties. Uh, as you mentioned, we're also a part of the Epilepsy Foundation of America. So we are our own 501c3, so we're an independent organization, but we collaborate and work with the Epilepsy Foundation of America. So uh, they're the overriding uh, leaders in, in, in the country, but then we are serving the Chicagoland area and work with them, whether it's on research or fundraising or walks or, or camps, you know, everything from there. So we work together with EFA, but we are our own separate entity. So all of our fundraising we do and all of our events that we do goes back into our 501c3. And you can visit the Epilepsy Chapter of Chicago at epilepsychicago.org. We are speaking with Brian Anderson, the president and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Greater Chicago. And Brian, you mentioned the walks, you mentioned the fundraising efforts, and you mentioned that you've been in this business for a very long time. What was it like, you know, March of 2020 when everything gets shut down? How has that really changed the Epilepsy Foundation? What have you guys learned and how have you guys grown? Yeah, I think we've grown. We've grown a ton. So we're actually, we shut down our office um, Friday, March 13th. That was the last day that I was personally in the office. Um, and actually, as a group, we're just like, let's have a one-year anniversary of uh, working remotely. So we're going to try to do a little something on Friday to, um, to commemorate the working remotely. But I think one of the most important things is we just had to change what we did. Everything that we had done and really been successful has been in person. And, and we have many of our clients that come to the Epilepsy Foundation. We're down at, like, State and Madison. They come down and they meet with our case manager. They come in for support groups. But all of a sudden, we're all working remotely, and, you know, our, our clients can't come downtown anymore. It's not safe. So, you know, like a lot of organizations, we, we use Zoom. Um, we have been doing, because we cover so much territory, and like some of our territory is two and a half, three hours south of where we live in Chicago. We've been using a virtual system for as long as I've been with the organization, which is about three plus years. So, Going to Zoom wasn't as great of an impact for us as an organization, but it had a huge impact on our, our clients and um, how we communicate with our clients. So I think the coolest thing is instead of having a, a loop group support group once a month that we would have in the office, we had that three times a week because we know like the mental health is so very important and this is challenging for all of us, you know, involved. And um, so we just turned in all of these um, support groups. And we just, we have a woman's support group. We have a caregiver support group. We have a young adult support group. So we just started building on all of these support groups so we could uh, interact with our clients way more frequently than we did, uh, you know, pre-pandemic. So for us, it was, it was great to be able to communicate more often. Um, at the same time, in January of 2020, we also expanded and built out a mental health department, um, knowing that there was a need, but not knowing that the need was going to be so great after a year of all of us, you know, 
uh, going through this this pandemic. So we have a mental health program. So we have one on free one on one counseling, free um, uh, psychoeducation groups, and we just expanded and all of a sudden the need just became greater and greater. And then we hired a bilingual clinician and now we hired another bilingual case manager. So as this pandemic has impacted all of us, we've actually grown significantly interacting with our clients more often and actually built a mental health department that provides free mental health care for our clients who are living with epilepsy. And building out that mental health department, what have you noticed and and how has it really helped your, your clients? We've seen a, a decrease in the amount of seizures that our clients are having overall. So um, the mental health is really helping reduce stress, and stress is a major trigger for seizures. So by having these support groups more often, by having this one-on-one um, mental health support and psychotherapy support, uh, and even caregiver support groups, but we're seeing a reported less and less amount of seizures and uh, just a better, more enjoyable life than what we had prior to having the mental health department. And we're seeing significant improvements. We're also getting many more people reaching out to us and asking for help. Uh, I think once, uh, I think we're doing a pretty good job of sharing who we are and what we do and having opportunities like you have given us here today. Um, so, you know, for us, it was just a reduction in the amount of seizures. And that's what gets us, gets us super excited but again, more and more people are calling us because they're hearing about us. They're hearing about our mental health support. Uh, we have seven level three and four centers for uh, epilepsy centers in the Chicagoland area. And we've really built out those relationships. So the, you know, the, the doctors and nurses and epileptologists and neurologists are all giving our information to maybe new families that are introduced to the epilepsy community, finding out about who we are and what we do. We actually have like, and we have ambassadors that are helping out. A lot of people just spreading the word of who we are and what we do. So we're getting, we used to get maybe one or two new clients every couple of weeks. And now we're getting somewhere between two and five uh, a week as a whole. So we're just increasing our reach and increasing um, the amount of interactions we're having with clients and just letting people know who we are. And everything we do is for free. So we don't charge for anything. So uh, I think that's really important. And then I just hired a, a bilingual case manager. Um, Last week, I think she started overall, and we have a bilingual clinician. So all the programs that we're doing in English, we're also doing in Spanish now, too. So we're really expanding our reach from that perspective, because as we all know, or maybe not, epilepsy does not discriminate. Yeah, that's that's extremely exciting to hear. Um, and, and with somebody, you know, as somebody with epilepsy, uh, stress was a huge thing for me and, and lack of sleep was a huge thing. And being able to talk to somebody has really helped and declined that. So that that's great work. And we're glad to hear about the bilingual uh, part as well. Brian Anderson, president and CEO of Epilepsy Foundation of Greater Chicago, is on the line with us. Brian, you mentioned your client services. Um, you also, uh, that's part of your three primary avenues of support. You guys advocate, you guys have your great client services that you've been talking about and type of educations that you guys provide. So uh, I want to run through those a little bit. How do you advocate for people and what do people with epilepsy need advocation for? Well, it's really important for, you know, all individuals who are living with epilepsy and, and their families to to reach out to their local representatives and let them know um, the need for people who are living with epilepsy as a whole. And, and I think one of the most important ones that we had success with was on the education front. So um, it was the Seizure Smart School Act. And um, we, it's, it just, 
the law was signed in, so it will be activated at July 1 of 2020 to make all teachers, administrators, people involved in the school system to be seizure first aid trained. Uh, and we know that that law is going to save lives, but we couldn't have done it without the advocacy of all of our families in the state of Illinois that talked to their local representatives, let them know that their seizures or epilepsy was undiagnosed for years and years and years within the school system. I'm thinking about a, a young man who I think it was 11 years in which he was having seizures, but it wasn't for that time frame. Nobody knew that he was having seizures at that time. There's other diagnoses that the education system was thinking that it was when it was really epilepsy as a whole. So our community went in and talked to all their local reps. We had a young man come down to us at Springfield and, and speak to our representatives, let them know that teachers need to be uh, educated on seizure first aid. They need to know what to do. Um, not every seizure is a 911 emergency. So I think for us, it's always like, let's make sure that we are, are talking to our representatives letting them know the importance of, of seizure first aid, letting them know what other needs that our community has. And, and then, um, you know, as we go into a room, especially down in Springfield, it's pretty cool because we are talking about uh, epilepsy and, and seizures to a particular group of, of voting members. And all, like, they started telling their stories on how, oh, my, my husband has epilepsy or, um, you know, my school teacher had epilepsy or, or my neighbor has epilepsy. And they're talking about the importance of just educating individuals on seizure first aid and letting people know. I mean, one in one in 10 people will have a seizure in their lifetime. I mean, that's a huge, huge number. And one in 26 uh, people will be um, diagnosed with epilepsy. There's a big stigma behind epilepsy as a whole, but we want to start talking about it more. And, and, and you talking about your story is extremely important, too. And and that's what it is. It's everyday advocacy. Let's talk about epilepsy. Let's, um, you know, let's help people from what we do, like, you know, go to school. We have scholarships we give away. Go get a job. We have a job service um, team within our, our office. So we are always advocating on behalf of the epilepsy community to make sure that we can make um, really make our community a, a safer community for um, individuals living with epilepsy. So advocacy is what we do every single day. Call your rep, let them know your needs, let them know uh, how important uh, supporting epilepsy services is. And uh, that's probably a huge aspect of what we do. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about on a future edition of our show, or if you'd like to share information about an upcoming charitable event, send us an email at scorevalues670 at gmail.com. That is scorevalues670 at gmail.com. I'm Sean Anderson, and thanks for listening to this week's edition of Score Values on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.